Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal ursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'ad fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytani rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim qul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati illahi rabbil alameen sadaqallahun alayin azim my dear respected most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Before we begin, I'd like to humbly request some of our brothers who are scattered towards the middle, the back, the sides, to please, if they could stand up and come forward, create that sense of, of jama'ah and congregation. This is what Yamul Jum'ah, this is what the day of Friday is all about, coming together, meeting one another, being as close to one another in terms of good deeds as we possibly can. We begin first and foremost by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we pray that Allah azza wa will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Over the last couple of weeks, you may have heard some khutbahs with regards to and various other talks whether they be in the masjid or online when you've been browsing uh, through your Facebook and your social media and watching videos on YouTube you know we're, we're people of circumstance when, when, when an issue comes about that's when we research it that's when we look into it if someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer of, naturally you're going to try and find the answer. So when it comes during this time, uh, the time of the sacrifice, the time of Hajj, we naturally become more inclined to, to know more about this ritual sacrifice that we are supposed to make. Uh, we become inclined to researching about what this sacrifice is all about, what's the purpose behind it. And we learn many uh, beautiful things when it comes to, to this particular time with regards to the sacrifice itself. And some of them you may have heard in your, in your khutbahs in the last couple of weeks. However, today I want to focus on something a little bit more specific that concerns me and you. Uh, those of us who haven't gone to Hajj this year, those of us who perhaps haven't been to Hajj before, and uh, we may have given our qurbanis, right? Uh, our sacrifices in other countries to feed the poor uh, in those countries and we're not really when we do that we're not really um, feeling the sacrifice itself as opposed to when you're doing your sacrifice you're, 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 you're slaughtering the animal yourself you're distributing the meat yourself or if you're at Hajj and then you complete the sacrifice there there's so much more um, you know, involvement and you feel the spiritual, spiritual benefits of it as well. But for us, those of us who, who we give it in other countries, we don't feel that spirituality. We don't feel that sense of connection to it. And I wanted to talk about that because ultimately, it all comes down to ikhlas. It all comes down to sincerity. It all comes down to, it all comes down to you, your intention. The intention that you have. The sincerity with which you try to uh, go about your day and try to do as much as you possibly can to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when, when it comes to acts of worship, 
and in, in terms of trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ikhlas is something that has to be present in all of our actions. If we do something for the sake of Allah, then it has to be done purely for the sake of Allah. If we do something for the sake of somebody else, then that's what we're going to be rewarded for. And that's why when you look at the first hadith mentioned in, in Sahih Bukhari, where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he tells us about the sincerity of our intentions. Right? Every action is dependent upon your intention. Every action that you do, every action that you undertake, there's an intention behind it. And if that intention is sincere, then your acts of worship are accepted. If your intentions are insincere, and you're not doing them solely for the sake of Allah, you're doing them for other reasons, for other means, then clearly your, uh, your reward or the results of that are going to be reflected in your intention. And that's why it's extremely important. Even the smallest of things that we do, the smallest of deeds, they must have an intention behind them. It's reported that the Prophet ﷺ would not take a morsel of food into his mouth except that he thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for providing him with that sustenance. You know, we can't aim to match the Prophet ﷺ in terms of his levels of ibadah, his levels of worship. We just can't. The Prophet ﷺ was a perfect being. The Prophet ﷺ was far above us. You know, the, right, the heights that the Prophet ﷺ reached. You know, he, he, he reached the peak of the mountain. We can't do that. All we can do is attempt to climb. That's all we can do. So it's imperative that we, our actions are reflected in that. So whenever we do an action or whenever we do something, yes, we can't, for every single morsel of food, we can't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the least that we can do is to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before we eat our meal. Say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim before we start to eat. After we finish our food, pray and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for providing us with that sustenance. So in every action that we undertake, we must ensure, and there's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa discussing, um, saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim when it comes to uh, uh, acting upon the wishes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, undertaking any good deeds, any good actions. It's imperative that we do so, and it's imperative that we follow the advice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Now, ikhlas is roughly translated as, as, as sincerity and determination, and it's the highest level of worship. That's where we have ihsan from. In the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi when Jibra'il questions the Prophet with regards to Iman, Islam, and Ihsan, what did the Prophet say about Ihsan? He said, it is as if you worship, you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. And if you're unable to have that mindset, then know that at least Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over you. That's, what, that's the essence of ikhlas right there. That every act of worship that I do, I'm doing it in the presence of Allah, in the majesty of Allah. I'm doing it so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over me. You know, even when we go about our daily lives, if we had that mindset that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always watching us, are we going to, to engage in corrupt, illegal activity? We're not, if we had that mindset. You see, if someone is attempting to, to rob a store, to rob a shop, 
and he knows that the entire shop is covered by hundreds and hundreds of cameras that are constantly watching him and the security is tight, he's going to think twice, isn't he, about robbing that shop. He's going to think, listen, there's no way out of it. I'd rather, you know, go up, find another place where there's not that much security, where I'm not going to get caught. In exactly the same way, if we had the mindset that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us every step of the way, He's seeing all of our good deeds and he's seeing all of our bad deeds. The bad deeds that we commit openly and those that we hide from everybody else and commit on our own in private. Allah is watching all of those as well. And if we had that mindset and we were sincere, then every time we were about to do something wrong, we would think, wouldn't we? We would say, no. May Allah protect me from this. Well, I can't do this. I can't. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching me and I'm going to displease him. With regards to being sincere in your acts of worship, there are many verses of the Quran. The first that I quoted before you in, in my khutbah. And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Regarding the sacrifice itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul, O Muhammad, say to them, tell them, Inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya Indeed, my prayer, my sacrifice, my life, and my death, Lillahi Rabbil Alameen, are for the sake of Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Every action that you undertake, your life, your death, your presence here on this planet, every uh, blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon each and every one of us, all of it we're going to be held accountable for. Everything, everything that we do, we do solely for his sake. It's an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our life is a gift and an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we need to take care of. Not only that, our death, ensuring that our death takes place in a state that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with us. That too is for only for the sake of Allah and we shouldn't think about anything else. Your prayer, your sacrifices, every act of worship that you undertake, there should be an intention that I'm trying to please somebody else. If you're praying your prayers and you come to the masjid and you read your extra nawafil and you've got the intention in your mind, well, you know, I, I better pray. If I pray, people are going to look at me and say, MashaAllah, what a pious person, what a pious man or woman he, he or she is. If you have that mentality, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to be rewarded accordingly. You're doing something, you're doing an act of worship for Allah, but you're doing it for the sake of somebody else. You're doing it so that your status in the eyes of somebody else is increased. And you're not thinking about Allah. That sincerity, that ikhlas is completely taken away from that act of worship. And therefore when the ikhlas is taken out of something, when the sincerity is taken out of something, then the barakah is also taken away. The barakah is also taken away from that. In Surah Al-Bayyinah, in verse 5, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ مُخْلِسِينَ لَحُدِّينَ هُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينَ and they were not commanded except, and this refers to each and every one of us, they were not commanded except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
مخلصین له الدین being sincere to their religion being sincere in absolute sincerity inclining towards the truth establishing prayer giving zakah that's the correct religion every every act that we undertake we have to be sincere that this act that we're undertaking this decision that we're making is done solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to please anybody else and this is where we're going wrong this is what distinguishes me and you from the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the companions of the prophet never thought about themselves they didn't think about somebody else if they wanted to please the people if they wanted to please somebody else aside from pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then there is no doubt about the fact that they would have followed the religion of their ancestors and their forefathers they wouldn't have accepted the religion of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when it wasn't fashionable to follow the prophet when it was social suicide to follow the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they knew that they were going to be tortured. They knew that they were going to be persecuted following the Prophet ﷺ. But they still did so, knowing all of the consequences that are going to come out of those actions. They knew that. They were sincere. They were sincere in their... They were mukhlisin al huddin They were sincere towards their religion. They were sincere towards the, the message of the Prophet ﷺ. And that's something that we need to ensure that we bring back into our actions. We can't make big, massive sacrifices like the companions did. We can have the intention, but it's unrealistic, isn't it? We can't match the levels of ibadah and the sincerity within those levels of ibadah <coughs> that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ had. We can't do that. But the least that we can do is in the small acts of worship that we have, being sincere in those acts of worship. The small decisions that we take on a daily basis, we do so solely for the sake of Allah. The Prophet has told us, with regards to raising your children, if you raise them correctly, in accordance with the teachings of the Messenger of Allah that's, that's your sadaqah for your children. The Prophet spoke about so many uh, outwardly, worldly actions that we have. And yet, if the, the, the intention is, when doing those actions is done solely for the sake of Allah, then we're going to be rewarded. As a, it's going to be rewarded as an act of worship. If you go to sleep at night, praying the Isha prayer with Jama'ah, with the intention that you're going to get up in the morning for Fajr, your night that you spend, those hours that you spend asleep are going to be rewarded in your, in your favor as acts of worship and you weren't doing anything, you were just sleeping. That's how important our intention is. And it's imperative that we, we, we rectify our intentions. We solidify our intentions. These are the moments that we have. Ramadan, Zul Hijjah, the Prophet ﷺ told us regarding these two months, do not let them go to waste. Ramadan and Zul Hijjah, don't let them pass by without having you getting more closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of proximity. If at the end of Ramadan, the month of Ramadan, you felt that you've wasted it and you didn't do as much as you had planned to do, 
then you're not going to be that comfortable when the day of Eid comes, right? You're going to think to yourself, you know what, I could have done so much more. I wasted it. Think of the same way when it comes to Dhul Hijjah. Increasing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided us with, with ample opportunities to get closer to Him. So many opportunities, we're refusing to grasp them. We're refusing to take them. Look at these months with, with a sincere intention and think to yourself, you know what, if, if I can't increase in my levels of ibadah, and I can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more, I can't attempt to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more, then the least that I could do is, the acts of worship that I already undertake, that I already do, I'm going to do so solely for the sake of Allah. I'm going to try and please Him now. I'm going to focus more on my relationship with Allah. We spend so much time focusing on our relationships with people. We spend so much time focusing on our relationships with, with, with the people, with our families, with our friends. And that's not a bad thing. But think of all the effort and energy that, 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 that you have to undertake in order to preserve those relationships. And know that your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far more important than your relationship with anybody in this world. Whether it be your family members, your children, your parents, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far more important. It's an extremely important relationship. It's a sacred relationship between you and Allah. Don't break that sacred bond. Don't break that sacred connection. The least that we can do in this dunya is try to keep that relationship intact. So when the time comes for us to pray, we're praying, we're standing, and we're praying like the, with the intention at least that we can pray the likes of, of the companions of the Prophet who when they prayed, they imagined themselves, like Sayyidina Ali would say, I imagine myself. If I'm standing up for prayer, then I, I have that mindset in my mind that, that this is the last prayer that I'm ever going to get the opportunity to perform. And if you knew, if someone told you that this Jummah was the last Jummah of your life, are you going to let a single moment of this Jummah go to waste? Of course not, right? You're going to think to yourself, well, I need to be here on time. I'll get it in advance, right? Read some Quran. Read some extra prayers. I'm not going to miss my sunnahs if I know this is the last Jummah that I'm ever going to, to read. I'm going to listen to the, to the bayan, I'm going to listen to the speech, the talk, and I'm going to try and act upon it. And when I pray, I'm going to make sure, first of all, I, I, I'm going to make sure I've done my wudu correctly with all of the sunnahs, not just the faraid. I'm going to ensure that when I stand up in front of Allah to worship Him, to pray my prayer, I'm going to be absolutely paying attention solely to him and not to anybody else. I'm not going to let myself become distracted. This is how the companions of the Prophet pray their prayers, as if it was the last prayer they would, that they would ever get the opportunity to perform. That's the difference between their levels of worship and our levels of worship. For us, it's just a prayer. We'll move on. We've got the next one after that. And we try to get through it as quickly as we can. You see, if you're, if you're meeting, uh, say you have an individual who you've always wanted to meet, whether that person is a, is a celebrity, and there's children here, whether that person is a footballer that you wanted to meet, an individual who you've looked up to, 
right, who you hold in high esteem, in high regards. And when you get the opportunity to meet them, and you've got those five or ten minutes with them, are you going to think to yourself, okay, well, I've met him, let's move on. You're going to spend all of that time. You're going to try to get as much, extract as much time as you possibly can in order for you to meet them, because this is an incredibly important person for you. This person means so much to you. Why do we not have the same mindset when we're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That we've got these five or ten minutes that we're going to pray. And I'm not going to let anybody else distract me. I'm not going to let anything else come in the way of, of this relationship between me and Allah. Right now it's not about my children. Right now it's not about my parents, my friends, my family members. Right now it's about me and Allah. My relationship with Him, my relationship with the, with the Divine. That's what it's all about. Nurture that relationship. And the best way that you can nurture it is to be sincere. Even in the smallest of actions that we can do, be sincere in those actions. This is why the Prophet said that the best of actions are those that are small but continuous. The best of actions are those that are small but continuous. You know, you can give a lump sum in charity. 5,000 pounds, subhanAllah. Someone's given 5,000 pounds in charity and never give charity again. Or you could give five pounds every single week for the rest of your life. Even if you die and you've only given up until that point 20, 30 pounds in charity. See, every time you gave charity, every time you gave that five pounds, that spiritual uh, feeling inside you was present. You were, re you were reconnecting yourself with Allah. Every single time. Every single time you perform a good deed. You're reconnecting yourself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why your good deeds need to have that intention there of being absolutely sincere. Done solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are so many hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The examples of the companions, Ridwanullahi alayhi majma'in. Those who, who and, 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 and when you look at their lives, you find something absolutely amazing. They didn't care about what people thought of them. They didn't. If they cared and, and people's uh, opinions mattered to them, then you know what they would have done? They would have abandoned the religion of the Prophet wasallam. Because it was, it was unfashionable to follow the Prophet ﷺ. In the first 10 years of the Prophet ﷺ preacher, preaching, only 40 people accepted the religion. And those individuals are constantly persecuted, vilified, tortured to move away. But they didn't. They knew what they were doing was the truth. They understood that this decision that we have taken is the truth. This is the haqq. And I'm not going to, you know, leave it just because somebody else is saying that I should. They didn't do that. Their conviction was in the religion and the message of the Prophet ﷺ, irrespective of what other people thought of them. And this is something that we lack in. This is our problem. That we like, we like doing things for other reasons, except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Nowadays, we, we, we love to, to do things for, other, for the sake of other people. On Yom Al-Qiyamah, if we take decisions for the sake of other people and we try to please people and not to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are we going to say to Allah? When Allah said, why, why did you do this? Why did you undertake this action? And we say, because, because Zayd Umar Bakr told me to. Then Allah will say, go where Zayd Umar Bakr are going. Zayd Umar Bakr are the, the Arabic version of Tom, Dick and Harry, right? So is anybody, so-and-so told me to take this decision. And you're taking that decision for somebody else. Or you're doing something, you're doing an act of worship for the sake of somebody else. Allah will say, go where that individual is going. You didn't do it for my sake. The path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the path of haqq, the path of truth, is always the more difficult path to take. Don't think for one moment that it's an easy path. It isn't. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. It's always the one with more obstacles on it. It's difficult. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be times when you're going to wish that you didn't take this path in the first place. But know that when you're doing it for the sake of Allah and you strive in Allah's path, He opens up the way for you. He makes things easy for you. You won't even realize how easy it's going to become. I'll just give you one small example. Ramadan. Fasting in the month of Ramadan. Before we start our fast, what, did we, what do we think? Especially when the fast is 18 or 19 hours long. Before Ramadan comes and we're thinking to ourselves, Allah Akbar, how am I going to do this? 18, 19 hours, I've got to juggle work, dropping the kids off to school, coming back from work, getting all the groceries, everything. And then on top of that, I have to be fasting. Especially those who are doing any, any type of manual labor, I've got to get time off work for this. It's going to be so difficult, how am I going to manage? And yet after we, that first fast that we get out of the way with, I wonder if third time comes and we think to ourselves, what do we think? Not 99%, 100% of us, each and every one of us thinks to ourselves, well, you know what? That wasn't too bad. That was okay. Why was it okay? Now I challenge you, and I challenge myself also, that outside of the month of Ramadan, just don't try to eat for 19 hours. Do it. Stay away from food and water for 19, 19 hours, 18 hours, whatever the length of that fast, fast was. And then go about your day. As you would in the month of Ramadan. Dropping the children off to school, working, picking them back up, picking up your groceries, doing the household chores. Do all of that and stay away from food and water for 19 hours and then tell me how you feel at the end of 19 hours. We'll barely reach nine, never mind 19. It's that difficult. Why? It's exactly the same thing. We're refraining from food and water inside Ramadan while we're fasting and outside the month of Ramadan we're staying away from food and water with the, without the intention. All it is is the intention that we're not fasting. We're just staying away from food and water. Let's see where this takes us. And it's so much more difficult. I've tried it, I'm telling you. This is a tried and tested method. I've tried it and it was so unbelievably difficult. That's the difference when you do things for the sake of Allah. You do something for the sake of Allah, He's going to make it easy for you. You try to please Allah and you try to earn the pleasure of Allah, 
then that's exactly what you're going to get the pleasure of Allah. And the pleasure of Allah means لا يكلف الله نفساً إلا وسعها. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will not burden anyone more than that individual's capacity to bear that suffering. We want our children, and I'll, this is the last message, my message to you, that we want our children to be sincere. We want our children to grow up and have this sincere intention to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Be sincere to the religion and be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we need to instill those beliefs in them from a young age and the only way that we could do that is, is if we ourselves are, are perfect manifestations of, 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 uh, uh, of or perfect representatives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam teach them that from a young age teach them to do things for Allah tell them that whenever they eat before they eat say bismillahir rahmanir rahim whenever they undertake an action even if they're going out to play say bismillahir rahmanir rahim remember allah because if they're remembering allah from a young age then when they become adults they're not gonna allah is not going to be taken away from them in the sense that their religion is not going to be taken away from them when they get to university it's not going to be so easy for them to fall in, into other paths so for them to lose their faith and lose their religion in Allah, lose their faith in Allah, it's not going to be that easy when you've taught them from a young age. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me a new tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and to do things solely uh, and purely for the place, pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not for the pleasure of anybody else. Wa akhirul ta'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.